Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, and my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we are back to cover some more Ducks action. Uh, the Ducks kind of had a rough uh, go of it, uh, losing several games, and then uh, had a surprise win against Tampa Bay, so we'll break those down quickly for you. And we've got plenty of other things to talk about, more updates on the GM search, uh, trade deadline stuff coming up. Uh, we had uh, Getzloff was interviewed on uh, the 32 Thoughts podcast, so we'll share some of the stuff he said there. And, of course, some all-star news as well. So plenty to get to on, on this week's show. And uh, just made a quick change, too. If, uh, I know some of you guys asked about timestamps. I added that on the last show. You can go back and check it out. So I'm going to put it on here, too. So uh, as you know, we do the game recaps in the beginning. And then I'll, ha- I'll have other uh, sections blocked off later in the show. So if you want to skip around or whatnot. So, um, But uh, with that, uh, what's going on with you, Eddie, before we get into this? Uh, anything new uh, in the last week or so with you? Oh, just same old, same old. Uh, work, hockey, school, work, oh, work, hockey, school, now dating, which is new to me. I haven't really been in, in that, like, kind of dating. And, well, I've been lots of dates, but not, like, like consistently, so... That's new to me. Um, I did want to say uh, officially, happy birthday, Mike. Your birthday was on the 15th. Um, yeah, so officially on the show, happy birthday. I know I talked to you on that day and wish you happy birthday. And I even made it official on Facebook, which is important now because if it's not on Facebook, it's not official. But yeah, happy birthday. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you guys are listening. You guys can uh, go and tweet Mike or tag Mike and happen, uh, wish him a happy belated birthday. Uh, if you see him at a game, buy him a beer, especially if I'm there because I'm I'll probably drive and <laughs> I'll be his DD, so you guys can take care of him. <laughs> yeah, you know, I it was it was good. You know, I just went out to dinner uh, a couple nights on that weekend. Uh, of course, the Ducks didn't do me any favors losing on that Friday and Saturday, which will break them down. But but yeah, I've been the same as you. I mean, you're you're really busy. I've just been uh, pretty much working dealing with a bunch of that stuff, and uh, uh, yeah, that's it, and then obviously following the Ducks and watching what's going on with this, so, um, uh, and then a little bit of birthday stuff as we talked about, but uh, it was all good on the weekend, plenty of good stuff, um, hanging out and relaxing uh, and whatnot, so yeah, I appreciate that, and uh, you know, it's, it's funny because your birthday was just recently too, and the Ducks lost on your birthday, so it's like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I, you know, maybe the Ducks should schedule the games uh, around our birthdays, should, Eddie, come next We should season. change our birthdays then, like, man. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Yeah. I, I always want to win on my birthday. I know you wanted to win on your birthday. It just unfortunately didn't work out. But, you know what, on my birthday, I still had a good time, so I, I really can't complain. Um, I remember most of it, and a lot of people bought me drinks, which was awesome. I uh, just ran at people, and the last bar I went to was a little dive bar, um, and they found out it was my birthday, so everyone was buying me shots. And you, you know, your birthday, you can't say no. And I should have said no to that last fireball. Or no, that Jack Fire shot. I didn't say no to that. I took that shot. Twenty minutes later, I wake up the next morning like, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. I, I, I try to stick just to the lighter things. <laughs> well, I try to, too, but I can't say no to people buying me stuff, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, uh, with that, uh, the Ducks, you know, like we said, break down the games real quick uh, and then dive into a lot of uh, news about the team. A lot of stuff's been going on this last uh, week or so. So, yeah, the Ducks, um, unfortunately, uh, had a rough spell uh, these last couple games against uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Minnesota. Some really rough games got a little better against Chicago and the Avs and then a surprise win against Tampa Bay. Um, they, They played Pittsburgh. And uh, that's my other team, as we've talked about before. So, I mean, you know, I was, you know, couldn't be too upset. I knew someone was going to win. But uh, this was just a bad game for the Ducks all the way around. We had, we had talked about coming out of the break and things going on with, the, with um, you know, being rested, but then having time off and not being in a groove and, and how that affected the Ducks in some of the games. And then they came out of them and won some. But the, these games are kind of tough. They, um, they did get Grant and Lindholm back. Um, but they still had Carrick and Gibson in the protocol, and uh, it just was a rough game. You had Jeff Carter, who you know has been a thorn in our side from his LA days. He had a couple goals, and then uh, of course Malkin uh, returns to action, and it has to be against our team, and he gets two goals. Um, so just just rough, just a rough game all the way around for the Ducks. Uh, they just you know got down early. <laughs> you know Carter scores a minute into the game. Uh, Malkin scores early in the second period, and the, and the Ducks. You know, they just really couldn't get anything going in this game, Eddie. Oh, yeah. The the Pens have a way to win, and they have that winning mentality. Obviously, they, they were a powerhouse team for a while. They're slowly declining because of age and, and where they're going, but they still are a threat, and, and they're still not an easy team to play against at all. The question with them is their goaltending is really atrocious, so that's the only bad thing. Um, I think the boys got fired up because Malkin came back. He came back from injury. It was his first game back. He scores a couple goals. They all wanted to win for him. He scores a goal. They get fired up. He scores another one. They get fired up. I think the Ducks had no chance in this game at all. The momentum was all Penguins, and they just like went and rode with it, and they they rode that momentum to, to, uh, to the win. It's, it's hard to really blame the Ducks for this. I think all uh, was riding on the Penguins and, and Malkin returning, so... They really showed how much they care about their veteran, uh, their uh, veteran leader, alternate leader, and they wanted to to play for him and get the win for him, and, and they did a good job and did it. So my question is, Mike, I heard a rumor that you were wearing a Penguins jersey during this game. Please tell me that was wrong. <laughs> Hell no, <laughs> <just> man. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, you know I. I I, I I will wear uh, penguin stuff if, if they're playing anybody but the ducks I will you know ducks are always number one um, but yeah no I wasn't wearing a penguins hat like a ducks jersey or a penguins jersey and a ducks hat or anything like that so no I was not doing that but um, yeah I, I mean they, they it's, and Pittsburgh just kind of had the ducks number uh, it's just it seems like that's kind of been the way whenever these two teams play so you know, not a good game. The only, like, I guess, silver lining I would put in this one is that Silverberg scored a goal. Uh, you know, he's had a rough time uh, this year. He he got his second goal. We had a fan uh, ask us that Gucci with like a million underscores G on Instagram. He asked us, you know, why is Silverberg struggling? And um, it's tough to see. I, I, I think a lot of it's, you know, the line that he's playing with. He's been with Lundstrom and Grant as of late. And, and you know, they haven't been doing a whole lot. Lundstrom's kind of been up and down. We saw Grant this last week kind of reemerge, but obviously he hasn't been playing consistent at all this season either. So I think that's kind of been tough, and he hasn't uh, really been utilizing any of the shootouts. You know, remember he used to be our shootout, you know, go-to guy, and now he's just not really in there. So 
I think that's part of the problem is just who he's playing with. And, uh, you know, he had that hip surgery, too, so I don't know if that might be a factor, too, Eddie. Yeah, you know what? With, with hockey players, slumps suck. I, I don't care what level you play in. You get in that slump, you just don't want to play, or it just doesn't happen to you, and you have to break out of it. It, it, it takes a while. Like, like Mike, personally, I almost quit playing hockey uh, like last year, a year and a half ago. Like, I almost quit. I, I was just, like, overweight. I was, like, what, 230-something pounds? And I, I wasn't competing at the level I knew I could. And it's just like I was playing in a low league, and I was still getting burnt. So I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to quit. But I changed up everything, my routine, my diet. I lost all that weight, changed up my, my training, and and now I'm back to you know back to form and back to normal. So I think when hockey players get to a slump, they have to change something. I know that's the hardest thing to do for, for hockey players and for anyone because me personally, I am a creature of habit. I hate change. So that's the hardest thing for me to do. I think once he changes things up, his game up, his shot up, I mean, hell, at this point, <laughs> when you have the puck, close your eyes and just shoot the puck and hopefully it goes in. Get that, Just get that consistency going on. Um, something, has to, something has to happen like that. If it doesn't, maybe it just doesn't. He's moving down the depth chart. We have a lot of players that are, are, are playing uh, above his level and that are earning spots on the top lines. Uh, maybe it's time for us to cut our losses and maybe make a trade that can benefit us, benefit him, a change of scenery. We've seen what happened with uh, William Carlson. He, uh, he, you know, we traded him to Columbus. He wasn't really doing anything over there. He goes to Vegas. He becomes a, a top scorer, a top player in their organization. So you never know what happens with Silverberg. He can do that, or if we bring someone in. Um, and we'll talk about uh, trade rumors later, but you know, if we bring someone in like that and she can thrive in our system and do that. So he has to figure it out. The Ducks have to figure it out. And he's he has so much skill, has such a great shot that he's not declining. It's just he's in a slump, and once he breaks that slump, it's going to be good. Hopefully it's with the Ducks. If not, hopefully we can get some assets for him and he can have success elsewhere. Yeah, you bring up some good points, and, and yeah, we have a big chunk where we'll be talking about trades, like you said, later in the show, but I, I'm with you. He's in a bad slump, and he's got to figure out how to get out of it. It might, uh, you know, just be changing up the lines a little bit with him might help him out. So, so yeah, the Ducks had a rough one in Pittsburgh, and then they had another really rough one in playing at Minnesota. This game uh, started out, you know, they, they got down early. Um, they did get Sam Carrick back in this game, but then Benoit and Terry were out in the protocol. Still no Gibson, and um, the third period was just ugly. They gave up three goals in, in just under two minutes, got down 6-1, to one. and just another another bad game. Unfortunately, they, they had it tough. Um, I, I did like seeing Carrick get in there and getting, mixing it up and getting to a fight, but um, just not, there wasn't really a lot to take away from this game. Again, the Ducks having trouble with their uh, special teams play and trying to score goals and whatnot. Um, it just, this one, it just was ugly and it was against one of your favorite teams, Eddie. <laughs> oh, this was a terrible game. I, I was, I went to a place in uh, Laverne called Laverne Brewing Company. Uh, it's right off uh, by the Pomona Fairplex. Great bar. One of the co-owners is a big Ducks fan. So he put the game on the big projector. So I'm happy to watch the game. And then I see this shit show. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> More beer, more beer, more beer. Let's say I got a pretty inebriated that night, and part of it was because of the Ducks. It just, it, yeah, it, it was kind of bad. It, it sucked seeing this. Um, we <laughs> we lost Sonny Milano, and he's an IR right now. But 
Ducks need to play better. Um, they, they just really flapped this game. They let the Wild just take over everything. And when you had that chance to come back, they just kind of held back a little bit and didn't have that fight and that, that thrive mentality to get there. So it's just one of those games where I, I just want to forget. I hope in a few days after this podcast, I will never think about this game again. I said I hate the Wild. I hate the Wild. I hate the Wild. <laughs> I seem to say that a million times. Yeah, because I, I had a small glimmer of hope. I thought, you know, at the end of the second period, there was no scoring. They were still down 3-1. to one. You know, it wasn't like horrible at that point. I thought, okay, maybe they can claw their way back in and tie this game up. Then once the third period started and they and they dropped three goals in the beginning like that, and it was six to one all of a sudden. I'm like, oh my god, like we're toast. There's like, you know, they they did get a couple goals back, which was good to see, but yeah, like you said, this one was just like, ugh. Uh, I think I wrote in the game recap. I said just flush it because they have to get ready for Chicago the next day, and of course they lose that game too. So on my birthday, of course, and I mean the Ducks did play better. Um, you know, no, no Terry, no Gibson, right? Uh, Fowler out as well, right? And and they um, really kind of kind of bad luck in this game. Um, they had two chances that where they almost scored, and each time instead of scoring the next sequence, Chicago came back and scored, and, and those are just momentum swings. And then of course they got an empty net goal at the end. But you know, I, I even though they didn't get any goals, which of course is terrible, but I, I was. Um, surprised that they at least played better in this game because I thought for sure after that that game against the Wild the night before that this was going to be bad. And yeah, the Blackhawks aren't a great team, obviously, but the Ducks did come out have a uh, better you know fight in this game. And I mean, this game could have been tied going into the third period. You know, they just had some bad luck with a, a couple of these uh, plays and. You know, it's just kind of what happened. I mean, the shots, they actually outshot them by a goal. They they didn't do well in the face-off circle, and they didn't score on the power play again, some of the things that they've had issues with. But, um, yeah, it, it's just those momentum swings, Eddie. Those are just uh, backbreakers. Yeah, this game was one of those, like, good losses, I guess you can say. Like, you can hold your head up on a loss like this. Yeah, it says, like, 3-0, but, like, the score doesn't, like, dictate how well the Ducks played and how close the game was. Uh Dosto played an amazing game. Uh, he, he's slowly earning that spot to be that backup slash starter goalie. Um, I think a few more a few more seasons of him developing. There's something special in that kid. He, he's going to be a good goalie, and and now we're we're going to have a debate. You know, it's going to be uh, Dosto or or Gibson <laughs> as number one. If not, we have a, a good trade bait opportunity with them. His goalies are are really big, valuable commodities in the league. Uh, Fleury played outstanding. He, he's he's playing uh, lights out. The Blackhawks have been on a little bit of surge lately. They started off really bad. They had the off-ice controversy issues, but they're slowly getting it together. They're not a playoff team, but they're slowly, uh, like the Ducks, they're, they're gaining some steam, getting momentum. They're getting uh, play from some of their uh, play, players that normally wouldn't be playing like that, the rookie players. Yeah, it, it was like ultimately a, a decent game, a good game, and it's one of those losses like, okay, well, the Ducks were in there, and they, they tried their hardest. They were depleted, but they didn't back down. It, it was just it was a good battle, and, and 3-0 doesn't really dictate the, of how well the Ducks played. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's just some momentum shifts in here. And yeah, uh, Dostal played pretty well in this one. Again, the Ducks shorthanded. That's just kind of the theme. I call it the depleted Ducks, basically, because that's kind of what's been going on with this team. And it's kind of frustrating um, for them because, you know, every day you just don't know who's going to go out and who's coming back and whatnot. And they're, and they're missing some key guys um, from the test and, you know, injuries, too, because they had Henrique, who's still been out which we got an update on him we'll talk about in a little bit. You have Milano that's now out. Um, you know, you've had Jones that's been out for forever, and then now you have all this other stuff mixed into it. So the Ducks are battling a lot of different uh, things here uh, right now, not just, you know, the uh, other teams, but uh, injuries and, and positive tests and whatnot. So they then had another game against uh, your other team, the Avs, and they actually played even better in this one uh, against a really elite team. You had uh, Gibson coming back, which helped out a lot. And, uh, you know, they battled uh, Colorado till very late in the game, and they were only down one nothing. Um, the Ducks even outshot them 34-28 to in this one, won the faceoff battle. Still didn't get anything going on the, on the uh, power play, but um, considering that, you know, Avalanche being a front-runner, you know, a cup contending team for the Ducks to play them and only be down by one goal pretty much until that late empty net goal. Uh, you know, I was pretty impressed with the way that they played in this one, Eddie. Uh, again, they didn't score and they didn't win, but um, to be down so many players and to put on, um, you know, a, a good fight where, uh, again, this one they could have possibly even gone. Um, into overtime because you know you had Gerard's uh, goal with a funky bounce there and um, that was the difference in this game yeah you know what I, I was really impressed by this game um, it was fun to watch I went to a, a team dinner we had a, a hockey buy so I went to a team dinner that Wednesday with my, my, my hockey team and we're over there at Lucille's bar and once that uh the, the one that stood out for me that McDermott fight and D'Lo they started dropping the gloves the whole bar stopped even non-hockey fans are stopping, and everyone just like watching this fight. Mike, this was the best fight I've seen all season. I I, I want to even say best fight I've seen in a few seasons. This fight was one of those fights where if either of those guys and and their mentality and that level right now wanted to, I don't know, hit on my chick, <laughs> I'm like, all right, go ahead, dude. I'm I'm gonna walk away and go get a beer. But it, it, it was a good scrap. The Ducks really held their own. Gibson just played lights out. Francois, he he's an injury battle goalie for the Avalanche. He he played lights out too. It was a goalie battle, but I was really proud of the Ducks. And this is a, once again one of those wins where you can keep your head up and be like, okay, well the Ducks gave it all they got. They played a, a team. I, I want to say the second best team in the National Hockey League, uh, aside from the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they held their own. If the Ducks can play like this against uh, teams each and every night, they're going to be up there. If they can have this mentality, the physicality, the shooting, the offense, and everything they did in this game in the playoffs, I would say this is a Stanley Cup team. Because the way they played against a powerhouse team like the Avalanche was just amazing. And then, you know, I feel like a bandwagon too because I'm over here on Wednesday wearing a Ducks jersey, cheering for the Ducks. But then uh, come Thursday, I had a, a hockey date with the with the girl I'm seeing. We went to uh, over there in, in L.A. to watch the Kings and Avs play. I'm rocking a, an Avalanche jersey. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want to give a shout-out to the fan, and I apologize. I, I totally forgot your name. But 
uh, you flagged me down when I was over there in LA at State, well, or Crypto, whatever you want to call it. I still call it Staples Center because that Crypto Arena like, sounds like a terrible name. But I want to thank you for uh, for kind of flagging me down, chopping it up with me, uh, all your kind words for uh, myself and Mike about the the show. Um, I don't remember your name. I was like a little inebriated after the game. I, I was uh, I was not driving. I had a DD. So um, thank you. And thank you all the fans too for you guys' messages, uh, all your DMs, Facebook messages, tagging us on Twitter, just talking hockey. I, I, we both really appreciate that. Mike, I know you work extremely hard. Uh, this season, I, I'm like, my schedule like, sucks. So it's like, I'm like limited. But you're doing like 99% <laughs> of the work. All the updates, all the news, you're really grinding out on top of your full-time job and, and your family schedule and, and everything. So it's just like I, I want to I wanna let the fans know and let Mike know how appreciative I am of you and all the fans are. And, and fans like you that, especially over there in L.A., I didn't expect someone to be like, hey, Eddie, hey, you're from Ducks and Pucks. Like, that was like, what the hell? I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even like, holy crap, that was like really shocking to me. But thank you. I appreciate you again. Um, dude, if uh, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, you told me to listen. Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let's get together. I'll buy you a drink. And I'm sorry I forgot your name. And and, and I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, that's awesome. I love when that happens when you know you run into someone and they come up and um, start talking about that. And I actually, uh, kind of a funny story. I don't think I told you this, but I found out that uh, people that work with my dad uh, found out that I was doing this show. And they didn't know that it was you know me. They didn't know I was his son. Like, you know, they... No, they know the last name, but it's it's a pretty common last name. So I thought that was cool. He told me he's like, oh yeah, he's like some of the employees at my work. They like they love the show and the stuff you guys do. And I was like, oh that's cool. It's like nice to hear that. So um, definitely appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's just been crazy. That that's what I was talking about with like the the tests and the taxi squad. Like we joked about in the last show, and they brought it back. Just trying to keep everything up to date. There's just so much going on. I try to. Um, always put that stuff in the um, game previews and even in the recaps always like you know someone got hurt and they're out or there's an update and someone came back I try to you know I'm not not perfect because there's a lot of stuff going on but you know I um, try to keep those uh, as accurate as I can the game previews I do uh, on game day redo those too so like when stuff comes out during the day I'll go back and update it so always go back and check because um i remember someone had commented on one of them the other day about some news and i was like oh yeah i just updated it so it's in there now you know so i appreciate that too if there's something i missed just you know let me know and i'll, I'll make sure it's in there so and i appreciate the other people that help us too i mean i i do those little moves and all that stuff like eddie talked about but uh, you know you help out with the twitter and we've got a couple other guys that help out on twitter with the games and whatnot it's not always just me so i appreciate that and the game recaps and whatnot so and i think it's pretty funny that you know you're cheering for the the ducks against the abs one night and then the abs against the kings the next night that's hilarious and you and you have that badass jersey too eddie the uh, quebec nordique uh, throwback that's oh yeah sweet. and I, I i recently got Makar put on that jersey so um you know i'm planning the actually like her and i are planning to go to denver in april to watch the the abs and kings play in denver i have friends over there so i, I have a bunch of friends over there so we're planning a nice little trip over there and hopefully i have little connections over there in the avalanche territory i can get my Makar jersey signed you know what's funny and i was complaining mike and i forgot to mention this earlier too it's like a good thing to complain about. I bought that jersey when I was like bigger. So it's like when I put it on for the first time, uh, I actually second time, but there's a first time when I'm weighing this like less. 
that thing was huge on me. I had to wear like a little sweater underneath because it looked too big. So I'm like, I mean, it was something cool because it's like, oh yeah, I, I could see my progress of all my weight loss. And if you guys uh, are in that same journey, the weight loss, be sure to go to Bucked Up and Ducks and Pucks 93, hit the code, you get 20% off. But yeah, it, it was cool to see the progress, but it was sucked that that jersey was so big on me. And like, I don't know. It, it, it was still fine though. It was still good. It was it was good to see the Kings get their ass kicked, and it was awesome. And you know what? The, you know what's surprisingly too? Cause I've been to, I've been to LA watching a Ducks and Kings game, and I got different responses when I had my Ducks jersey on. I had my Avs jersey on. No one was saying anything. I didn't get heckled at all. Um, people were nice. I got compliments from Kings fans that my jersey was cool. Oh, like like you know, like the Avs should have that as a third jersey. That was pretty cool. And Mike, you know what I did again, which I only do when I'm really inebriated. I had one of those street hot dogs, which that's really unhealthy. And, <laughs> and I, I just felt good though. I was like, yes, like food. So it, it was really good too. So. Oh yeah, those those street hot dogs are pretty good. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with those, whether you're sober or not. Those oh, are I would never eat that sober. Like sure. I, I just I felt bad the next morning. I felt a little bit bloated. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the gym real quick. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. And, and your jersey, you know what's cool about that is if if you're an old school hockey fan, you understand that jersey and you can appreciate it because some people don't understand the connection between Quebec and Colorado. So some people will see that and go like, "Well, why is that Colorado?" Well, look, look it up. You know, if you don't know, I, I remember that happened one time. Somebody way back when I remember they I forgot they said something about that. And they didn't know what they were talking about. They they said how Colorado was an expansion team, and I just started laughing. I was like, "No, they're they're not really an expansion team. There's also something called relocation teams. You might want to check it out. You know, it's just kind of funny." So uh, I'm sure that the old school fans, you know, they saw that jersey, and that's also why they liked it too. Yeah, it's just it's so iconic, and and, and the way the Abs executed that design, it's just it's perfect. It's it's sad that, and you know, I really wish the league, and not just for the Abs, I wish the league would implement it, uh, the reverse retro jerseys this season, when like more fans are able to to watch these games because the Flames had a good one. I know a lot of the Ducks fans wanted to see that Breaking Wild Wing one. I know Getzoff probably didn't want to wear it any more than he had to. But I, I think it's something special. I, I harp on this a lot. Like I don't want it to be like the NBA to go crazy on jerseys, but I think that the the uh, National Hockey League should like expand more on jerseys and, and let us see different things. I like the fact that when Colorado came to Honda Center, that the Avs wear their home jerseys and the Ducks wore their away jerseys. I believe they did that last year too. And it was cool to see that at, at Staples Center. Or Crypto Arena, when I went to the game on Thursday, the Avs wore their uh, home jerseys again because they didn't pack any away jerseys. They just packed their home ones. And the Kings wore their, their I guess, their alternate their white jerseys. So I, I think that's cool. Uh, the Avalanche, for sure, hit hit it out of the park. I, I, I You guys all know I'm a big Ducks fan, but if I want to go re- reverse retro jerseys, the Avalanche are number one. I want to say the Flames. That 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 horse fire is number two, and then the ducks will be my number three one. Yeah, we we dove into those for a while. And I'm with you. Those jerseys, I like all those, and I do like even though it's not really retro because they've only been around a couple years. I did like the Vegas because I like red. I, I like that one too. I thought that one was cool, but uh, obviously not not really much history there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I for sure Colorado is one of my favorite ones, and of course I like the duck one as well. So. 
But uh, yeah, you know the the Ducks just uh, like we said, they played a top contending team and got close, uh, you know, against the Abs, and then uh, they surprised us. They played another cop, uh, top contending team, um, the Lightning, and you were talking about you know drinking and whatnot. Well, you know, I I got pretty wrecked when they played the Wild because I, I was really upset when they scored those three goals in a row in the third period. I, I was I was pretty mad. You know, sometimes I yell at the TV a little bit, so I, I wasn't happy that game. So I uh, I kind of pre-gamed it. Uh, for the lightning one, because I was kind of thinking, oh man, you know, this is going to be bad, you know, see what happens. You know, I, I didn't think we would get blown out. You know, we, we, like we said, played a tough game against the Avs, but, you know, we hadn't scored in two games. So I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. So, you know, we get Mahura back. Uh, uh, Milano's officially on the IR uh, on this game. Uh, you got Gibson just doing his thing in this game, just killing it. And the Ducks actually come out and score goals and get a lead. And, um, you know, Tampa Bay fights back uh, probably the second half of the game, but Gibson's just stopping everything, you know, just doing amazing, uh, stopping every shot but one. Um, even Grant getting goals, like, what the hell's going on? I was joking about that on Twitter. And, um, you know, uh, this was Perry's first official game back uh, playing. You'll remember when he came back with Dallas, he was suspended. So he was there but not playing. So this was his first time on ice back at Honda Center against the Ducks. And a lot of stuff happened in this game, but I mean, just man, Eddie, I, I can't believe we won with such a depleted team, and, and and again, the Lightning, another you know contending team, and, and the Ducks took them out five to one. It was just a crazy uh, and a good win, and finally break that losing streak. Oh yeah, this was a fun game to watch. I think I think most Ducks fans came into this game thinking that okay, well they're on a big losing streak, they're playing a powerhouse team, they're probably gonna get their ass kicked. Uh, they beat the Kings uh, what, on Tuesday prior to that. And it's just, it's Lightning. I, I think the Lightning have the best team in the National Hockey League. And this young, depleted Ducks team came and just dummied them. It, it was so fun to watch. It was cool. I, I was, I was at a bar. Uh, I was, you know, I feel like an alcoholic. I'm watching these games at bars. But I was with my buddy. We're at the bar watching the game. I was like, holy crap, they scored. They scored again. Holy crap, Grant scored. Like, it was just amazing. What's really cool about this game is like, not like you have those like I guess your bottom players scoring and not the the, the the typical core players that you would think scoring. None of them score goals, but you have those 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 bottom ones, the other guys, uh, quote unquote, scoring goals. And then that fight at the end, it was funny when Cal Foot uh, fought Robinson. That's just Cal Foot too. If you guys know the name Foot, it's uh, Adam Foot's son. Um, both of his sons play for the Lightning organization, and he's out there helping coach them too. But apparently something happened in the second period where Robinson took a, a run or a hit on foot. He didn't like it too much. I mean, it's like winding down in the second to the third. It's like you guys are done, and he drops the gloves at them and gets his ass kicked. Mike, the fun, the funniest yeah. thing was Delo's response. Mike, you want to talk about that? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like that. There's that photo of D'Lo with his his hand up, like out, like, like what are you what are you guys doing? Like it's, it's almost over. We won this game. Like it's it's five to one. Like um, you. I mean, I mean, you get it, right? Like we said, if you got a B for something, you're trying to to resolve that with somebody. But it's like if it was a hit earlier in the game, it's like why why didn't you guys just take care of it then? Why why wait till the last second when this one's pretty much in the bag? That was that was pretty funny. And then. Uh, the other part too was I, I filmed it and posted it was uh, when Zegers was talking uh, 
uh, some trash to Perry. That was pretty funny. And Perry was just talking that, you know, nothing, nothing, just funny stuff. But you know, that cracked me up to see them going back and forth, Eddie, at the benches there at the end of the oh, game. Oh, yeah, that was funny. And you see D'Lo and Maroon talking crap to each other. Like, I, I want to see that scrap. That'd be a good scrap. I don't think Perry would, would I don't think Perry even cares about what Zegers say. Perry's that old school mentality, like you have a rookie chip uh, chirping at you, he's just gonna like let it go. I mean he'll chirp back, but he's not gonna let it get to him. And plus uh but Perry and Getzloff are pretty good boys and it seems like Getzloff took Zegers under his wing, so that that's his boy too. But that's just it's just really fun, entertaining hockey to watch. I mean, with me, I'm, I'm old school, so any little uh, fight we get into or, or scrum or battle or chirping, I, I love to see. It's just, I think it's just awesome. But Ducks played a really, really great game. It was uh, it, I think the Ducks posted a picture, too, of Perry and Getzloff together in different jerseys and stuff, and that was pretty good to see. And I, I know they're pretty good boys, so it sucks that they're opposite now, and Hopefully, uh, one day, like David uh, Roska asked that if Perry should come back to the Ducks. I think he should. One season, or like not just one season, or he should when he's ready to retire, sign a one-day contract for the Ducks and retire as a Duck. I think it's the most appropriate thing to do. I wasn't the biggest Perry fan, but I still appreciate everything he's done for organization and the accomplishments he did and helped us win a Stanley Cup too. So I think him coming back to the Ducks uh, as like a one-day. Uh, sign and retire would be uh, would be great. Yeah, it would be interesting to see that. Uh, I mean, if he came back to actually play, that'd be crazy. I, I highly doubt it, but um, to at least do that and, and do one of those deals uh, would be cool for sure. The other thing that was kind of interesting too is the Ducks played this game without Dallas Akins. He tested positive for COVID, so he was out in this game. You had Mike Stothers running the uh, the team there. You also saw Todd Marchant behind the bench too. So a lot of craziness going on in this game, and uh, it kind of leads into what's going on. You know, we'll, we'll get into the team news. The um, the Ducks are going to go on this road trip, and they're not going to be with Akins for pretty much most of the road trip because of the uh, Canadian COVID rules. So it's going to be strange to see what's going to happen. Uh, I know a lot of people kind of made a big deal about Stothers being in there and like, oh, the Ducks, you know, the losing streak's over and Aikens wasn't there. You know, I wouldn't read too much into that. I mean, it's one game. I kind of have to see how it plays out. But they're going to play Boston. Then they got to go to Canada. So they can't, uh, Aikens can't go into Canada because they have like a 10-day uh, window that you have to have uh, after that positive test. Um, so it's just not going to work out. So he might come at the end of the trip um, when they play, but then they go on that two-week break. You know, it's going to be a lot longer, and we'll get to that later, but the, some of the games got rescheduled. So it's going to be interesting um, what happens. It looks like Stothers is going to coach that, you know, at least the first several games on this road trip, Eddie. Yeah, you know what? That shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be. Uh, it shouldn't disrupt the... The momentum or the flow or the chemistry of the Ducks. Aikens is still going to be there. Um, he, he's still going to control the team. Uh, we, there's a lot of technology that can have him there, the FaceTime. He's going to be in the coach's ears. I'm sure he'll do the lineups. He'll be there, but he won't be there physically. So I, I, it shouldn't be a problem with the Ducks. Um yeah, it's just this whole situation with the the COVID stuff and, and the rules. It kind of it sucks that he won't be behind the bench, but I mean, every team's going through it, and every team has dealt with adversity like that. And I think the Ducks will overcome it and still listen and know who's the boss and who's the head coach, and he'll still 
he'll still be there watching the games live and interacting with the team live. Uh, the assistant coaches that are taking over will echo his responses and echo what, what he wants done during the game. So I, I don't think anything's really going to change besides him not being presently there. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't. I don't. I think people are trying to read a little bit too much into that. Um, you know, as far as these games go, uh, like you said, he's still going to be connected and, and be in communication with everybody. Some good news for the trip we found out just recently is that Henrique will be uh, with the team, uh, according to Nick Alberga, and it sounds like he has a chance to play uh, on this road trip. So that'll be a big boost for the Ducks. We, we had that question from Sands. Uh, regret Sam on Instagram. He asked about uh, Henrique. He also asked about Terry. Terry's still been testing positive too. I, I'm not sure whenever he's going to be cleared to you know uh, rejoin. I, I don't know how that's going to affect the whole thing with Canada too because I don't know when the last time he you know tested positive and when he gets cleared. So he may or may not be able to go to uh, those three games in Canada either. So we'll just have to see when the, the team puts out some info. But I'm really looking forward to getting Henrique back. Uh, you know, he's just been gone for like five or six weeks, Eddie. It's been crazy. And, and you know, it's just a, a top six forward that we missed for a long time. Yeah, he's actually been playing pretty decent this season. So it's, it's, it sucks that he was, he's been gone for so long. And I think it, he'll be a boost to the lineup. And he'll... Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be motivated and fired up to, to come back, and all the boys and the team will be fired up to have him back. And we can start getting those consistency lines again and, and getting that chemistry building. And who knows, we can we can make a big push. Like I said before, though, I'm so skeptical about the Ducks being a Stanley Cup team this season, but who knows, they, they can prove me wrong. Sometimes you don't need the best team out there and the best roster, but if you have that chemistry and you guys feed off each other's energy, that, that can go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, having him out, you know, like we said, being one of the top guys and, and, and being, you know, as you said, playing better this season, too. It's definitely sorely missed. So it'll be good to get him in there in the mix. And once this trip's over, the Ducks will be off for about two weeks. And, you know, they were going to be off for most of February. If you didn't catch it, there were some game changes in the schedule. The league finally came out. You remember there was like 40 or 50 games or whatnot that they had to um, redo and postpone. Uh, so what's going on now is the Ducks will now be playing on February 11th. That was their game against Seattle. That was going to be in March, but they scheduled it in February. I guess part of the rearrangement that they had to do. And then the games that they had postponed, they had Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. They're going to play those guys on the 16th, 17th, and 19th of February. And then they will face San Jose at home on the 22nd. That was the game they were supposed to play after the holiday break. So there's your update if you didn't catch it. And it's up on the Ducks website. So, you know, they'll have a couple weeks off and then get back into it with those games. Um, and then <laughs> always we always laugh about this and, and joke, Eddie. But uh, whenever we record a show, something happens afterwards. And, and that happened last time. N nothing too crazy here. But the Ducks did uh, claim... Lucas Elvinez uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights off waivers. He was um, going to be basically terminated on his contract and it sounded like he was going to go back to Europe to play in Sweden. Um, according to Ken over at Sinbin Vegas, uh, he'd been passed over by a lot of guys that had been called up and he wasn't getting a chance. So it sounded like he was frustrated, but um, 
I like the move, you know, getting him. And um, since he's been with San Diego, he's got a goal and four assists in four games. Um, Entry-level contract, low cost. Uh, if he works out, he does. Um, you know, you can't really lose with this one, Eddie. I mean, I mean, if he stays in the AHL, um, that's okay. I'd like to see him maybe get a chance at the NHL um, since he's kind of been, you know, chomping at the bit over with Vegas. Maybe he gets a chance. But uh, I like what I see with him so far. Oh, yeah. This kind of move was a really good move to make. You, you can't really lose on this one. Um, 22-year-old kid, you have no idea what the hell you have in him. Like, I revert back to the William Carlson thing. Uh, Ducks let him go and traded him to Columbus. Columbus kind of just let him go on uh, to Vegas during that expansion draft. Didn't really know what they had with him. It, it just doesn't, like, these players, you could take a, a top first-round player uh, from the first round of the draft, and they can't pan out, but you can just draft a seventh-rounder and move him around a little bit. He fits in the system, the chemistry. He gets what's, what's going on, training, and he just explodes. Is this guy going to be our, our, you know, our diamond in the rough? Who knows? But like you said, it's a low cost, high reward kind of situation. Uh, it's obviously paying dividends already in San Diego. He has five points in the four games he's played. So obviously, it's the that gel and that chemistry is there for him. So hopefully, uh, he can just keep racking up those points. And uh, once it the time comes, he has to call up and he can trans. Transition those points in the AHL to the NHL and, and hopefully provide some kind of offense and, and stability for us uh, as the Ducks. But uh, but if he doesn't, then like what do we really lose? A roster spot? Uh, it's just it doesn't really matter. Like if he doesn't work out, we put him on waivers. Then no one claims him. He goes back to Europe and he, he goes home and plays where he's comfortable playing. And I think everyone wins in this situation. There's no losers. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he turns into something. But you're right, if not, it's not a big deal. Um, a little bit of a scouting report that Ken gave me on him. Um, he talked about him being more of a passer than a scorer, but he also said that uh, he's, quote, uh, most dangerous on the power play. Um, he says he has above average hands, and um, that, you know, he, there's the potential there. It just doesn't know offensively if it can translate from the AHL to the NHL. It's kind of where he's at. So um, I'm curious to see. I mean, like you said, he's scoring points down there. Maybe he can come up and, and give the Ducks a little bit of a boost. Obviously, he's not going to be a savior of the team, like you said, or, or you know, the next Drysdale or Zegers or anything like that. But um, maybe he can help us out. So so the Ducks did make a little minor move. You know, no, no big trade or anything like that. But they claimed him off waivers. And uh, we'll see how he works out. Um, low cost, high reward, uh, only 22 years old. So we'll see what's what's going to happen with yeah, him. Yeah, I'll give a shout out too to those uh, those guys that said been Vegas. Like those guys are awesome. They're really like, cool. No drama. They just they, they love the game just like us, Mike. They love to talk hockey. They love to cover hockey, and they're really good at what they do. So a big shout out to them, and, and they're real like more than willing to. To chat and share information with us, and vice versa. Just they're, they're really good. That, that's a really good uh, group of guys they have over there running that uh, Simbin Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been in contact with Ken. Anytime something comes up with the Knights, I'm always chirping in his ear about what's going on and asking stuff. He um, helps out too when we play each other. He'll he'll tell me like, hey, this is what the lineup's going to be. Um, or if there's something that he's hearing or whatnot, he'll share the info. And same thing, I'll, t- I'll tell him, like, hey, this is what we got going on. You know, he'll ask. And uh, we've had him on our show, too. So uh, they do great work, too. So if you uh, want to check out anything about the Golden Knights, uh, send in Vegas as your ticket uh, there. 
Um, and then we also had more updates on the GM situation. And, and we got some more like trade kind of talk things going on as well um, with the team. Some things have popped up. Uh, I guess first we'll go with the, the GM stuff a little bit. And then it kind of ties in to the trade deadline and, and some more uh, rumors we heard and things in the mix. But um, from Pierre Lebrun and uh, Elliot Freeman, the Ducks GM search is underway they uh, put the team together, as we talked about in the last show, with uh, Sol- uh, excuse me, with I thought it would be Solani, but with Niedermeyer and Korea, uh, the CEO uh, and the owners and whatnot. And uh, they interviewed uh, internally uh, Solomon and Nonish and Madden. So they took care of that, I guess, in the last week or so. Uh, it sounds like they have 10 to 12 total candidates. And then they looked at a couple guys outside. Uh, the team, the only ones that we've seen really mentioned, and I'm kind of curious about these ones, though, that um, Tampa Bay's assistant general manager, uh, Matthew Darnish, and then also the assistant GM in Colorado, Chris McFarlane. Um, kind of curious about these guys, too, because, I mean, I still like Solomon. That was the one that you and I talked about was kind of our front runner uh, when they mentioned some random candidates way back uh, when this first broke, you know, with the whole thing with Murray being gone and then trying to figure out who was going to come in. But... If they don't pick internally, uh, what do you think about these other GMs? I mean, these are these are GMs on uh, the two you know uh, contending teams that we just talked about and played, Eddie. These two teams that we talked about, uh, these assistant general managers have been around organizations that weren't winning organizations, and they watched as the main GMs built them up to that. And if you think that Tampa Bay and the Avalanche aren't uh, organizations that you want to emulate, of what you want, then you're you're effing crazy. Um, I would think that I'm not so sold on internal interviews. I think one of the, either these two guys from Tampa Bay or the Avalanche should be highly considered. A big change needs to be a kind of revived in Anaheim to get like over that level. And I think either of these GMs will push over that level. Uh, they, they've like I said, they know the formula to build a winning team. And they've been part of the winning team. I mean, Tampa Bay obviously has more success, but the Avalanche are on that cusp of it. And the Avalanche are going to win a cup this season, next season. They're, just, they're too good of a team. They drafted well. I mean, look at Kale McCarr, fourth overall draft pick. I know people wanted the Avs to pick other uh, other guys on that spot, but they're doing a great job. And they're building they're building superstars from the draft. And that's just nuts. They have Rantanen, McKinnon, um, McCarr. They have superstar players. Newhook is, is becoming that, that star player too. Like it, It's just insane what's going on in the Avalanche and their, their organization. And McFarlane sees that from Sackick, and he can just bring Sackick's knowledge and his knowledge of what he wants to build a championship team to the Ducks, and that's what I want to see. Me personally, I would go with either Tampa Bay's or the Avalanche's uh, assistant GMs. I wouldn't go internally because it's like the Ducks have shown that what they can do and we've seen these kids and what they're capable of and how developing they are. They're going to be. We have superstars in the making on some of these kids. Terry, Zegris, Drysdale. Our team's going to just go up. We bring a GM that knows how to build from those superstars, build around them, and then create more. Oh, forget about it. The Ducks are be a powerhouse team. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on these two assistant GMs. Like you said, they have winning teams. I mean, Tampa Bay has won back-to-back Stanley Cups. I mean, do I really need to say anything else? I, I mean, I mean, they're doing things right. Colorado's been in the mix 
um, recently for a while too, and they've been playing excellent hockey. I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those guys. And and reading up on both of them, it sounds like they pretty much uh, are the right hand man for each of their GMs. So they're they're doing everything possible that's uh, would be required of an actual GM. So. I don't really have a front runner pick. Uh, I mean, internally we said Solomon if they stay internally, but if they're going to go outside, um, we don't know who all the other people are, obviously. But if they pick one of these two, I would not be upset. So, but the other part of this, and we've talked about it, and they brought this up is uh, Pierre LeBrun was talking about the big three with Raquel Lindholm and Manson. And he talked about how the ducks were kind of in a wait and see mode, depending on where they're at in the standings come the trade deadline. You know, and I, I don't really like that. I don't like this wait-and-see stuff. Um, like you were talking about, Eddie, uh, if, if the Ducks go outside, they bring in another GM, um, have a plan, and get it going, I think that's that's key because they've done these interviews now. Uh, maybe they're going to finish the next couple weeks here or so. Trade deadline is pushed ba- you know, back a few weeks. Maybe they get a guy in there and get the stuff going because, uh, like Pierre Lebrun said in his article, he's like, well, how much say is, is Solomon going to have in the trade deadline? Um, but that's assuming that he's still there, the trade deadline. I, I mean, if he's the guy that they pick, okay, but if they go outside, then what? So I, I think the Ducks really need to figure out a plan. If their plan is to wait on the GM, okay, I mean, you're going to wait, then that means you have Solomon in there. Then you got to figure out what you're going to do with Raquel Lindholm and Manson with Solomon in there. If that's not your plan and you're going to get someone else in there sooner, before the trade deadline, okay, then pull the trigger and get that done and start this stuff going now and try to figure it out because we, we've got some like big decisions to make here. We've got three guys that, you know, we don't want to lose all three of these players for nothing. That would be a catastrophe. So we've got to figure out if we're going to trade them or if we want to keep them. Are we going to try and shop them, see what kind of offers we're going to get? So that's my concern is they, I mean, I hope they do have a plan. Obviously, they're moving this GM search along, so that's good. But I hope they have it timed, you know, how are they going to figure out when they want this GM and then trying to figure out what they're going to do with these three guys. And I don't think the standings should necessarily dictate it. I I mean, if you're just going to hope the Ducks are going to do better and pick up a guy or two and then, you know, we go to the playoffs, don't make it or, or, you know, get booted in the first round, second round or whatever. And then these guys all walk in the summertime and and we're, you know, we're not... Stanley Cup contending team right now. I'm not saying that we can't get everybody back and 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 play better. Obviously, we've been playing well against uh, teams, you know, being extremely shorthanded, which you know is, also makes it hard to evaluate this team. But uh, they they got to figure it out, Eddie. Um, get the plan. What, you know, what, what are you going to do? When are you going to pick your GM? And what, what's your plan with Raquel Lindholm and Manson? Uh, are you going to trade these guys? Are you going to try to resign them? You know who's more valuable than who? Like, like, get it going. <laughs> I can, I can agree more. I think the plan got uh, screwed up a little bit. I think this season was supposed to be a rebuild season, where the Ducks were supposed to just tank and be atrocious and not be in the position they were. So I think uh, everything got thrown out of whack um, with Murray's issues too, uh, him not being the GM anymore. It's just like a situation right now that the Ducks weren't ready to deal with. They thought, like, you know, they didn't think they were going to be in the position they were. But the key word you said, too, Mike, was plan. They had to have a plan. You can't go to this trade deadline. This is an important trade deadline 
what hopes and dreams are waiting to see like what what they are in the standings are oh we'll just wait and hire a gm we're gonna take our time no you have to make a plan right now you have to execute it you have to make a roadmap you can't just you can't wing this it's too important the ducks are like right now we're, we're tiptoe like it was supposed to be a, a full rebuild but now it's like people are considering the ducks like oh can they be a playoff team we're seeing strides from players that we didn't think that the players would make those strides, but they are. Everyone's stepping up their game. You have Terry, you have Zegers, you have Drysdale, you have Getzoff for like performing well. You have guys that that no one even think thought that would even put a point in there, like Carrick coming over there and contributing and working his ass off and helping the Ducks win. Um, you have to you have to hire a GM like ASAP. You can't. You have to hire it before the trade deadline, like 100%. You can't just – no, you have to have a GM that wants to plan and wants to execute it, that wants to change the culture, that wants to, to mold his own team and build that. You can't just move forward saying, hey, well, we're like second place in the standings. We're just going to keep all Lindholm, Madsen, and Raquel, and we'll figure it out in the offseason. No, it doesn't work that way because if you lose them, you bounce out of the first round of the, the, the playoffs – and you lose all three of them, you're going to have some other GM coming in when you hire him, cleaning up a mess, and you're setting him up for failure. It's not fair. Um, it, it's going to be interesting deadline, Mike. I, like I told you, I'm going to I'm gonna do my hardest, and I, I 100%, I'll probably call off work just to cover this trade deadline because I think it's going to be something different this season. But you can't lose all three of them. One of them, cool. My opinion, I would... T- I would personally try to trade Lindholm. I mean, he has the highest value you can get. He's our best defenseman right now. But we have Drysdale. We have uh, Chikrin from Arizona that we can talk about uh, in a little bit that can replace him. Manson's the kind of player that a lot of people, you know, talk a lot of crap. He's not the flashiest player, but he does everything that you want in defense. A nice, solid defenseman. And in the playoffs... Forget about it. He's going to be the player that you desperately want. Teams are going to be calling about Madison that want to make a playoff run because his style of play is is fit for the playoffs. He will be a game changer. You talk about Pronger being a game changer and his his game in the playoffs, that's Madison to me. So that's that's my thing. But the thing is, like you said, Mike, we have to have a plan. We have to execute it now. Find a GM, hire him, and let him run the organization and let him build his team how he sees fit. But something has to happen with Raquel, Lindholm, and Manson. You can't sign all three of them. You can't extend all three of them. You want to change the culture of the team. You want to. You want to change the Anaheim Ducks. Someone's gonna go. If not, two people are gonna go. So that's 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 the the. the I guess that's the business. Yeah, and I think you brought up Chikrin in there. We had a little bit of an update that actually came out today. Uh, uh, Merrick giving a, some info on that, saying that uh, Arizona's looking at a first round pick for next. Um, draft and then two previous first round picks which is something the ducks could do they do have a first round pick coming up next draft and then they've got some you know former first round picks um that are playing right uh obviously uh, zegers and drysdale pretty much off the table you have mctavish which i don't think they would do that either but you still have lunchstrom perot Steele, and tracy so there's a few other names that you could throw in there you could throw a couple of those guys in the pick get chikrin and then figure out what you want to do with Lindholm and Manson. You know, which one of those that you want to keep or trade or resign or what you're going to do it gives you more options. Maybe not as much uh, stress on, on trying to figure it out because now you've got another guy added to the blue line. 
and you can you know kind of work your way from that if they wanted to do that that's another possibility uh, another name that was floated out there was uh, Dylan Strom out of uh, Chicago they're talking about uh, moving him and they only want a third or fourth round pick that's super doable um, you know he's a young guy 24 and not scoring as much this season he's got four goals in 27 games but uh you know he's he scored 20 goals before and then in his other shortened seasons he's you know scored double digits and uh goals and assists um had a couple of 50 point seasons and he plays center and wing uh, i don't know if that's a guy you want to look at to maybe replace raquel if you're thinking about trading him um so there's some options out there that they can look at, and I, I'm all for it. I, I mean, that's the thing. If they're going to let Solomon ride it out, okay, then what kind of leverage is he going to have come trade deadline? That's what kind of concerns me. Um, yeah, he went and got, you know, uh, Lucan, uh, Lucas uh, Elenez, but, I mean, that was, like we said, a low-risk um, type move. And now we're talking about all this big stuff. So uh, is the plan, you know, we're going to you know do all our stuff, and, hey, we're going to go with Solomon. He's the guy right now. Then move forward. Okay, do it. If not, I, I would get one of these GMs from these winning teams, unless there's some other one out there that, that we don't know about, and move forward. But I, I would look at picking up either one of these guys. Um, add, add them in there. Um, if you're going to trade away players as part of it that uh, that evolve, Linholm, Manson, Raquel, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a separate thing. Maybe they want to Ducks try and get them and, like we said, move out some of the younger players and um, meet that demand that Arizona's asking. And then go from there. They they got to figure out something um, because uh, what what are we going to do? I, I think right now we're still in this rebuild, and you know they're saying, well, let's see how we do in the standings. So they want to basically see how the Ducks do in another month because they have all these extra games now in February. I understand that, but um, it's really difficult to evaluate this team, and I I think trying to wait and see. Um, I mean, if you get most of the players back. And, and then the Ducks just start going on a crazy roll in February. Okay, I get it. Or if they get most of them back and then they, they, they start tanking, uh, I mean, I get it. But it really doesn't matter where the Ducks are in the standings, in my opinion, when it comes to Raquel, Lindholm, and Manson. You still have to figure out what are you going to do. And I, I wouldn't let that dictate you know, the standings so much because you know Lindholm's going to ask for a lot of money. You know, a lot of these other defensemen uh, asked for um, big salaries last season. And then you got to figure out, is Manson a long-term guy for you or not? Is Raquel a long-term player for you or not? So I, a, lot, a lot of stuff to try to work out here. I, it's, I think the month of February is going to be a very, very important month for the Ducks, uh, really determining the future of this season and the future of the team for years to come, because the GM is is not a uh, you know light decision to make. Damn, Mike, you went on fire on that. <laughs> wow, mic drop right there, literally. That, that I I couldn't agree more with what you said, and it's just yeah, your input, your analysis on that was like spot on. Like I don't even know how to, to respond to that, but I I agree with everything you said. We need a GM. That's the first and foremost thing right now. We need we we need to stop thinking about where the Ducks are in the standings. We need to stop thinking about who's going to be the all-star game, who's going to win the Calder, um, who's going to be the future. No. Get a GM right now. Let them figure out the mold of this team and let them build the team that they see fit. If it's going to be a rebuild, it'll be a rebuild. I know the fans are going to like that because like, the fans have like uh, unforeseeable circumstances 
of what's going on right now, they think the Ducks are going to be a Stanley Cup team. Obviously, it's I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, it's not the case. But we have to have someone that, that knows what they're doing, that, that, that wants to kind of build our team into that Stanley Cup team for years to come, not just a fluke like Montreal. Like, honestly, fans, you guys can tweet us, and you guys can Facebook and Instagram us. Do you want to do what Montreal did and go to the Stanley Cup final and just be a shit show the rest of the time? And No, I, I personally don't want that. I want the Ducks to to go in that position, but every season be in that position and then build from that. Like Tampa Bay, like uh, like Edmonton before they always tank, uh, like the Avalanche. They all, Every year, they're projected to win the Cup because what they built from the roster – uh, especially with the Avalanche, they built internally. They built from the draft. They didn't just trade and get all these players. And they have a really good team. So I, I just, like I said, Mike, the Ducks need to figure out who want, they want as GM. They, they, not to prematurely make the decision, but they had to make it ASAP. They have a committee of people, so it's not going to be one person's decision. So I think whoever they hire is going to be the best for the job with all these great minds thinking uh, for the, uh, alike for the same reason. Uh, that we want so it's just like i said it's, it's going to be an important trade deadline too with, with all these players with ufas and we have to figure it out but the ducks can't have this mentality where oh we're going to wait and see the standings if we're going to see where we are no you have to make a decision now you have to start interviewing you have to start grinding out i'm glad they had the internal interviews but you have to keep going you have to make a decision quick let the gm start molding his own team because ultimately it's going to be the gm's responsibility to build that championship team so i just that's that's my taking it. I'm nervous as a Ducks fan. I'm excited as a, of being a part of this podcast with you because we have a lot to talk about, and the trade deadline is going to be freaking crazy this season, Mike. And I hope we can get off work too. We can just sit there and do a live show for the fans, or if not, just keep talking and texting each other like we we did in the previous times. Yeah, we'll definitely figure out something. I, I'm with you. I think something's going to be different this year. You know, obviously no Murray, so things are going to change. Um, kind of another related thing, I guess we could talk about is that uh, Getzloff was on the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast, and they asked him about being a GM or a coach. And I thought it was interesting because he said he didn't want to be a coach, but he said he. Um, definitely would consider being a GM when he retires. So obviously he's not going to be in the mix on this one because he's playing right now. I mean, unless he just all of a sudden, you know, retires in midseason and then goes into the the uh, the, the position, which I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. But I thought that was interesting. He talked about that. He also brought up that he doesn't want to retire from another team and how he wants to stay with the Ducks. We heard that before, but it's nice to hear that again. So, um, what's your thoughts? You know, maybe they bring in someone as GM and um, Getzloff retires the end of this season or next season. Maybe he joins the Ducks as an assistant GM and then later on becomes a GM or something. I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of kind of throwing that out there, uh, Eddie. Since I heard him talking about this on that podcast, what are your thoughts of uh, Getzloff being like a future GM for the Ducks? I think Getzloff would be the worst GM in NHL history if he's with any other team but the Ducks. <laughs> That's just my biased <laughs> opinion. No, you know what? That's good. I think Getzloff has evolved in the game. He grew up in a lot of different situations and mentalities of the game. He had the old school mentality when he was a rookie. He knows how to deal with that. That hard nose when you're a rookie, you just you're a boot. You just you sh- you shut the hell up. You just come to the rink and, and you do that. Now the whole game has changed. Come 2022, rookies aren't treated like that anymore. They're, they're just you know it's, it's different. Different different generation. Different. 
age gaps and, and, and I guess not entitlement, but sort of entitlement. But he understands that and he adapts to that too. Like, like Zegers' personality would never fly 10 years ago. It flies now. And I'm nothing against Zegers. I, I I didn't like that mentality from rookies, but for some reason I just love Zegers' like, just cocky mentality and I love the kid. He's awesome. And Getzloff adapts to that and and he understands that. Like the the best thing about Getzloff, and I think he'll be a successful GM in the National Hockey League, is he can adapt to variable change. He's not going to be stuck in his ways. Like, oh no, this is my way or highway. No, he he'll understand what's going to go on, the evolution of the game, and he'll ride with it. He's smart. He's passionate. He loves the game. I, he's I I I want to say he's the best captain in the National Hockey League. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Ducks fan either. I, I think he is the best captain. Um, yeah, so being a GM, his future would be awesome. And I just, as long as it's with the Ducks, I don't want to see him GM of any other team but the Ducks. He's a GM of the Wild. I'm going to lose my mind, Mike. I just, I don't know. I'll probably go to the multiverse and start a new life or something. But man, um, yeah, it, it was cool. It's really great to see that he prides himself on being on one team uh, and he wants to retire as a Duck. I wouldn't hold it against him, and no Ducks fan should ever hold it against him if he wanted to try to to make a run for a Stanley Cup and, and wear another team's jersey. I think he's uh, gave enough blood, sweat, and tears for the Anaheim Ducks, the Mighty Ducks organization. Um, he brought us the Cup. He helped us win us the Cup. And he he, he is Mr. Hockey. Uh, he's going to go down as, as one of the greatest Ducks of all time and, and, uh, of being that. Um, no disrespect to Korea or anyone else, but I think he's going to go down as one of the greatest captains in Ducks history ever. He's just he's amazing. So yeah, I just I I, I can't I can't say anything more about him. Um, when he does retire, I hope it's not you know, anytime soon. I want to see him. Uh, he's proved to, he's still he can still contribute to the game, but a GM, uh, yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be good to see. I I hope. One day I can just hear that, like, hey, GM, uh, guess off name, GM of the Ducks. Yeah, it has a nice ring to it. I mean, I, I could see it for sure down the road. Obviously, they'll pick whoever they're going to pick in this uh, search right now. But, I mean, like like you are saying, maybe he plays another season or so, retires, and then becomes an assistant GM, and then takes over after that person or something. I mean, I don't know. Just, think, just kind of spitballing some stuff here. Uh, since you know, I heard that interview, and I was kind of like, "Huh, that's kind of interesting." That he, that you know, they're talking about that right now, and um, you know, the search is going on as well. So it's just just interesting timing. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what you know if, if uh, Getzloff will be a future GM or not. So keep your eye out for that. Um, you, you mentioned Zegras in there. We had the Zegras dude shirt that came out. Um, pretty crazy. I actually um, knew about this. When they uh, they first showed it, and I couldn't say anything, but then they were going to sell it, and then they went nuts with this shirt. They they actually made two hundred. Um, they gave a bunch to the players and some of the staff and 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 some of the families and whatnot, and then the rest they had they all sold out in like uh, five minutes. They only had about hundred twenty something shirts left over after the stuff they'd given to the team. So it went nuts, man. People went crazy over this shirt. They even had all these. Um, fake accounts on Twitter that were posting like links to, you know, knockoff shirts and, um, 
uh, those weren't legit. I confirmed that with the Ducks, and that you know they put out something. I put out something too because they were just responding to every tweet that had that shirt on there. So it's kind of crazy, but uh, uh, yeah, it's nuts. Everybody went crazy over the shirt. I, um, I uh, we had Adam uh, T Town ask, you know, did I get a dude shirt? No, I did not. Um, I was at work and uh, wasn't really you know, paying too much attention uh, about, you know, when it was going to come out or, or look at it. And I, and I didn't really think it was going to sell out that fast, but it did. Cause I, I, this info I found out about how many they had was, was after the fact, if I would have known before the fact, I probably would have paid more attention, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 40 bucks for a shirt too. It's kind of, kind of steep Eddie, but, uh, no, I did not get a dude shirt. Maybe I'll get it on the next time around. Yeah. Yeah. 40 bucks. Like with me, I, I don't mind going out, having a good time. I, I go on vacations. I go on like, like many vacations. I don't mind spending the money like when I have it, but like, I'm not one to spend money on like clothes or fashion. If that makes sense. Like I'll go to Target and buy a shirt and jeans. Like I'm that kind of guy. I don't, I don't care about like fashion like that. Everything else is different. I'll go out and I'll spend money. Like, take take my girl out. I'll 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 do whatever. But just when it comes to fashion and stuff, I I don't like that. And I can't. I just can't justify spending forty dollars on a t shirt. It's that's too excessive for me. It's a great shirt and it was awesome. And I'm glad it sold out. Good for the ducks. Um, but yeah, I couldn't do it. If they have their second drop and they have more shirts, I'll try to buy one. But I'll give it away uh, for the fans that listen to the show. I don't mind doing that, spending the money to, to give it away. You guys, you, you guys are the reason why that that Mike and I can do this, and you guys are the reason why that that, that motivates me to do this. All the comment, like the compliments and the comments and the likes, the shares, the, everything on Instagram, Facebook. It's it's awesome. So I don't mind doing that. So I'm gonna try to grab a shirt. I'll give it away. Um, Adam, too. Uh, thank you for all your questions. Like you're a frequent uh, responder, and you always ask questions. I know there's a, a lot of other people that do that. I'll start calling you guys out and giving that recognition on the show too. But yeah, I appreciate you uh, listening to the show and you giving a uh, giving us questions to talk about. It's, it's something that's really cool, and, and you're one of the, the guys that does it frequently. So I want to thank you for that. Yeah, we do appreciate uh, his question and all of your questions. A lot of you guys, uh, you know, funnel them into us, and we don't always get to all of them. We try to, but we definitely appreciate that. And uh, like I said, yeah, without you guys, we wouldn't be doing the show. And we'll kind of go into this next part here with the uh, the All Star uh, game because also because of you guys. Uh, if it you know wasn't for everybody banding together and voting, uh, Troy Terry would not have made it in there. Um, you know Gibson was originally put on the team. Terry didn't make it. We were all basically pissed off, right? Uh, you know we were all going nuts on social media, like why isn't Terry in there? And then they had the last man vote, and really because you guys, uh, you guys just kicked ass on this. Uh, you know uh, all of you were posting links. You were going on there doing your max ten votes a day. I was doing the max ten votes a day. Eddie was too. We were sharing links, and just everybody was banding together and trying to get the word out and and vote for uh, him to get in there and he made it so that was awesome and then we also found out that Zegris is going to take part in a breakaway challenge for the skills competition so you're going to have three ducks there for the all-star weekend I'm usually not a big fan of the all-star game but uh, I'm definitely going to tune in and check it out this time I want to see Terry out there with Gibson and then I want to see Zegris on that breakaway challenge, Eddie, uh, I think it'll be fun to watch this time. Yeah, I'm gonna try to try to watch the All Star game. I'll be actually in Vegas, uh, ironically, like you no know, like coincidence that time. 
My uh, best friend Josh's birthday is February 4th, and we're going to go to Vegas uh, 3rd, 4th, and 5th for his birthday. So I'm hoping I can run into a few hockey players. If I see Zegris, like, I'm going to give him – I'll be probably drunk. Cause Vegas, Vegas Eddie, I get drunk when we pass Baker, and I don't stop drinking until I get home. So, like, yeah, if I see Zegris, I'm just going to give him a big hug or ask him to give him a hug and, like, try to buy him a shot. But I hope I see some players there, but – yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not one to be in the all like All Star game. I, I don't really like it. I think the format was stupid, like participation kind of thing. Uh, that 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 season or seasons ago, where the Ducks, uh, I think someone was sick or someone got hurt. They could I think I, I want to say it was Silverberg that got hurt that made the All Star game. I I don't remember like fully, but the Ducks had zero re- like representation to that game. They replaced them with someone else. The only reputation the Ducks had was Wild Wing. And then now this season, it's like every person from a different team has to make it, which was stupid. Terry deserved to be on uh, the All-Star. He was He's an All-Star. His level of play. Um, we had uh, Kadri from the Avalanche was the last man in vote too. He should have been in before McKinnon. McKinnon is one of my favorite players in the league too. Even McKinnon himself said it was kind of silly and a joke that he made it and Kadri didn't, even though Kadri was playing better than McKinnon was. So I, I don't know. I think it's kind of stupid. I think the format needs to change. Regardless, I, I don't really care. I, I don't really care about the All Star game and it's just. Yeah, I think the only All Star game I cared about was when they had the women's three on three because that was that was fun as hell and that was really entertaining. I, that was the only All Star game I actually like, participated in and watched. I probably won't watch it this season. So. Um, yeah, our next podcast, we talk about the All-Star game. Mike, he'll, he'll do all the talking. I'll just tell you all my stories in Vegas. If you guys want to hear those, <laughs> go ahead. But my whole goal for the All-Star weekend is hopefully I just run into a player. And my goal is to actually just take a shot with one of the players. Like, whoever I see, I don't care who it is. Unless it's, like, a, a Minnesota Wild player. I'll just I'll buy him I don't know, a piece of crap or a lump of coal. But, <laughs> yeah, other than that, that, that's my goal. Yeah, and I think you'll have a good opportunity. There'll be a lot of players there uh, hanging out, you know, for that weekend and whatnot. So you may, you may be able to run into some of them. But I, I'm with you. I don't like this whole every team player gets in there. I mean, if you're going to do that, fine. But the players that are, that deserve to be the All Stars should be there. And if some teams have more than one player, so be it. Uh, if they have a couple good players, like the Ducks with Gibson and Terry, I mean, those two are no brainers to me. I. I I think that they should have both been in there on the first go around. They shouldn't have had this last man stuff, you know. And then you saw Stamkos too. He should have been in there. He had to get voted in. Gunsel from the Penguins had to get in there. I mean, it's just it's just kind of silliness. I, I just if you want to do that last man standing and make it all exciting and all that, that's fine. I, I mean, okay, let's do it. But I, I don't know. I just it's frustrating. I'm just glad it, it ended up well. Terry got in there. And then Zegers, you're going to see in the, the breakaway challenge. I, I do hope that maybe Zegers will play goalie though, Eddie. Uh, if you if you guys remember, he played goalie, uh, you know, on that practice before the Detroit game, and then it was canceled that original date, and he was in there. I, I would laugh my ass off if they put Zegers in net. You know, there was that one time in that video, the 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 Detroit, I forgot his name, but the Detroit beat writer was videoing it, and they had Zegers make a save, and he's all flashing the glove, and he's just so funny. Um, it would crack me up if if uh, if we somehow um, got the league 
you know, or, or told Zegris or something, hey, man, we want you to, we, you know, you can go out there and score and attack, but we want you to play goalie for uh, <laughs> part of the challenge. I, I would just die laughing at you. That that would, like, be, like, so awesome. If that gets announced, Mike, I will watch the All-Star game. I will watch that for that reason. And you know what? I actually have some, uh, some, some news from a source that I have. He's going to play in that, the All-Star game. Uh, my source is, trust me, bro. So... <laughs> No, it's fine. But you know what? I think fans and everyone, Mike, too, uh, on Ducks and Pucks, we should just start like like rallying that and, and kind of creating a little protest of him doing that. Everyone tag him. We'll tag him in post, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter. If you guys have TikTok, I don't have TikTok. I'm not a 15 year old girl, so I don't have that. But if you guys just keep tagging him and maybe he might consider it that that'd be the funniest thing and the best thing aside from uh Kessler having his son take a shootout that was a great moment too i forgot about that one that was definitely a a special moment as well eddie that's a good one so so yeah so there you have it i mean you're going to have three guys there at the all-star break and we kind of had a related question um i i think this is also the the mighty jerseys he has got a different handle on uh, instagram j G A M A R R A seven one four, but he asks who's our MVP uh, and who's our favorite unrated duck. I mean, I think the MVP it's 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 one of those three, right? That we talked about in the All Star break. For for me, I, I go with Terry just because of the way he's just been on fire this season, the way he's exploded. Um, he, he's he's my choice for who's the Ducks MVP. Uh, as far as underrated duck, I, I'm going with Sam Carrick. Uh, I just love the way this guy plays. Bounced around between the AHL and the NHL the last couple seasons with the Ducks. Um, the guy fights hard, four checks, stands up for his players. Um, he's been, you know, getting some timely goals and whatnot. Um, and I don't think he gets as much recognition. Um, I mean, there's a little bit here and there, but I, I just like his overall hustle. So those are my picks, Eddie. What are your thoughts? For my MVP, I want to say uh, Trevor Zegers. Uh, um, he's just... He's bringing a whole another level of respect to the game for the Anaheim Ducks. We had a fan question a few shows ago of, of how can the Ducks get more exposure through the NHL, NHL Network. I think Zegers is doing that. His personality, what he's doing for the game, his Zegers assist that broke the internet, that had 50 million views. I think he's great for the game. Um, like I said, I have the old school mentality. and I, I, I don't like, like Ricky's acting out of place. But for some reason, him, I don't know anyone that can't love him. I, I, I love his personality, his charisma. He's just, he, he he's he, he's the future of this sport. And I'm glad he's on the Ducks. He's going to bring so much exposure to the Ducks. Um, what he does, it's just, I, I, this girl I'm seeing, that I'm talking to, she's a Kings fan, hates the Ducks. She loves Zegris. That's one of that's one of her favorite players in hockey. Like she just loves what he brings to the game too, and what like aspect he is. He's just one of those players that is bringing a lot of exposure to the Anaheim Ducks, and it's it's gonna get a lot of uh, I guess TV time and more opportunities. And I'm glad that he's on the team. And and honestly, guys, we're watching a superstar in the making, and his personality. Oh man, like I I really can't. I really can't understand like what who can hate that kid. He's just awesome. I, I love him. I want to adopt him right now, Mike, if I could. <laughs> but no, like, <laughs> another uh, another one too, and I agree with you. Is most underrated is Sam Carrick. Carrick's that meat and potatoes kind of guy. He goes out there and uh, I guess he does whatever the team wants him to do for the win. Stand up for his teammates. He can contribute. He's having a fantastic season. Uh, his career season, uh, 
the games he's played, 11 points already, 8 goals, 3 assists. He's never had anything like that. Uh, closest he had, but last season he had 6 points. But it seems like he found a home. He cracked the line in Anaheim. And he's one of those players that you want on your team. He, he'll, he'll go there and do whatever you want for the team. If you scratch him, he'll, he'll probably try to bring you towels and water. Just that, that's the kind of guy he is. So he's my underrated. So for the question is, great question. Um, MVP for me is Trevor Zegras, and my underrated is, I agree with you, Sam Carrick. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. I mean, you can't go wrong with those choices. And, I, and if you want Gibson or Terry, you can throw those in there as well. So, uh, Jared, we appreciate your questions. I know you're another one that asks a lot, so we try to get to, to yours as well as and everybody else's. Um, just a couple little things in the league news to, to wrap up the show here. Uh, the, the league did finally change the testing. They're, they're going to something similar to the NFL come the All-Star break. You know, we were just uh, talking about our Ducks being an All-Star game and, co- and skills competition. So they're going to uh, change it up, not test everybody and their mom like they had been doing. And uh, the big thing is, of course, going back and forth between the border, testing players there, and then if they were actually sick. So uh, I think that's a good thing. I think it's going to work out. That's what the NFL um, did obviously they don't have the border issue with Canada, but um, it, it's worked out for them. So I don't want to get too much into it on this, but there's that change, Eddie, and, and hopefully, you know, we won't have you know every morning waking up and then seeing who's in and who's out, and then how long it takes them to get back and all that. It's just it's just getting crazy. It's, stri- it's driving. I know the players nuts. It's driving me nuts. It's probably driving a lot of you nuts. So. There's that update there, Eddie. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and reserve my comments uh, of the COVID stuff. I, I don't want to offend anyone, or I don't want to get too political on the show, or things like that. I, I was I live by the bar rules: no politics, race, religion, stuff like that. So I think the best. Um, I'm glad it's changed, and I hope uh, uh, there's less um, players going out. But yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, as as far as this topic for me. Yeah, hopefully less chaos. Uh, A funny thing that happened this last week was Chris Pronger retired, had his jersey uh, hung up in St. Louis, and um, (laughs) if you watch the video (laughs) of him, it's pretty awesome. He he rips out a uh, Bud Light and, and takes a drink out of it, and then if you watch the whole video... At the end, he pounced it. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, and I joked. I posted this video on my face, my own Facebook page. And I just said, if I, when I retire, I'm going to go out like this. And I'm sure, Eddie, you'd like to go out like this, too. I don't know if it would be a Bud Light. It would probably be something a little bit different. Uh, but uh, it's just what a hilarious moment, man. Just seeing him do that. It was just funny. Because when he first busted it out, the beer took a sip. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Then he pounds it at the end. It was just, just pretty funny. I mean, Pronger's such a character as he is, Eddie. So I, that was a funny moment. This oh, yeah, that was- <laughs> That was totally awesome, and Mike. You know, I, I I have like what a couple more years of playing like rec and beer league hockey, tournament hockey, and, and I'm done. I don't want to. I want to play. I want to like stop playing on my own accord. I don't want to just play until like I'm one of those people that just played in lower league. So, yeah, I think I have a couple more years, and and I'm done. And I'm gonna do that same thing when I'm done playing hockey. I'm gonna chug a ton of beers. Not just one, a ton of beers, and I'll make sure I record it and post it. But yeah, that, that was awesome. It's a good, uh, good uh, achievement for him. He he's been uh, a pillar in St. Louis, uh, the Blues hockey team. Uh, he helped us win a cup. Thank you, Pronger, for that. Uh, thank you for your dedication to our team um, and helping us uh, get the ultimate goal of winning the Stanley Cup, the first in Southern California. That's like totally awesome. A little funny story about Pronger is I bought a jersey, an authentic. Uh, 
Stanley Cup jersey with the patch and everything on eBay, signed, but no cer- certificate authenticity. So I took a chance. I ended up winning it on eBay. I got like 100, 120 bucks, I believe, uh, plus the shipping. I didn't know if it was real or not, so I just posted it on Instagram and I tagged Pronger like, "Oh, I, got, I won this jersey, whatever." Like, I'm not sure if it's real. I got a direct message from Pronger saying it was this real signature, and he verified it. And that was freaking awesome. So I, I kind of came up big on that. So I have a nice little authentic Chris Pronger Stanley Cup jersey signed. So that, that was pretty cool. That is cool. I like when stuff happens like that. You know, when you have a little thing you posted or something, and and then you get a you know a, a you know response like that. That's awesome. That's that's always a good thing. And and yeah, I mean, you know, he helped the Ducks get that Stanley Cup. We'll always uh, remember that for him. And um, yeah, just just a little bit of comedy on there. He's a, he's a character man. So I have to see what he does next. You know, it's just he's just funny. I just was cracking up when I saw that beer thing. I'm like, this is how I'm going out when I retire, man. I'm just gonna crack one open and just pound. Like I said, I don't know what it would be. I'll have to figure it out. It's not gonna be Bud Light. I'll tell you that. I'm gonna upgrade it a little bit, maybe. But okay, well, <laughs> you know, since we're like on that subject, and I'm gonna fire a random question. You have to pick a beer right now. My beer, my retirement beer, would probably be. Uh, I love Cold Snap Samuel Adams. That's my favorite beer. But if like, my retirement chugging beer would be Sam uh, Samuel Adams Cherry Wheat. That was the first beer I drank when I went to the uh, before I went to the army, and that was the first beer I drank right after the army. So I would have to drink that one. So Mike, on the spot, what's your beer right now? You're retiring. What are you chugging? I, I think for me it would be Blue Moon. Oh, okay. You can't go wrong with that. That's a good one. I think I would. I, I think I would. And a little known secret for you guys out there is Blue Moon fucks up my stomach. <laughs> Just so you all know. It Fs up my stomach if I have too many. So I I love Blue Moon to death. Um, but if I drink like more than two... I don't know what it is. It, it jacks up my stomach, but I'm just like, screw it. I'm still going to take it. So I'll just go just go big, right? Even if I have a stomach ache at my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, you can never go wrong with Blue Moon. That's always a go-to beer. It's it's, it's good. I mean, it's fortunate if it messes up your stomach, but you can't go wrong with that. You have to try, I don't know if you tried that Samuel Adams Cold Snap, though, Mike. You have to try that one. That one's really good. Yeah, I, I don't think I've had that one, but I know the um, I've had a couple different versions of Sam Adams. I think uh, I don't know if it's the winter ale or or whatnot, but there's a couple different Sam Adams I, that uh, I like too. So you're right, I, I do like trying those like seasonal type ones that they have. Those are always pretty good uh, as well. So so yeah, that, that's that's how I'd go out. I just bust it out and party on, you know, and and, and I have enough to share uh, hopefully with. Uh, everybody else but uh, yeah i just was laughing i thought that was a funny you, moment um, you know we yeah, should ask a fan question uh next time like ask the fans you're retiring what beer are you chugging and let's see what the fans want to say let's see what our, our listeners drink yeah well you know what we did in the past if some of you don't remember is eddie and i we used to have a playoff beer and uh, we did that for a while. And you remember, Eddie, Bud Light Lime used to be our one for, I think, what, like 2000, what, like 15, 16, like all those years. I think that's what we chose, right? It was before right? I was like part of this show. I was just a fan in Colorado. We just we, we just choose the same beer. Like you text me, you're like, hey, what are you drinking? Bud Light Lime, me too. All right, cool. Yeah, and I think that was that was our thing. And, and it was kind of funny because... And, and I laugh at this because, this, you know, I, I know a lot of us, you know, we think, 
wearing a certain jersey or sitting a certain way or doing certain things matter, you know, when we watch these games because that's all part of the fun, you know. But I, I remember we would drink the beers and most of the time the Ducks would win the playoff game. And then, like, if we didn't drink it and then they lost, then we'd, you know, give ourselves crap like, oh, man, I ran out of Bud Light Lime. I didn't have it for this game. You know, it, it was just kind of funny. So uh, it'll be good to get back to those days. So, you know, maybe they'll get – you know, to the playoffs, like we said, th- this season, we don't know. We'll see what happens. There's so much, just everything's so crazy. But that was fun times, man. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we could do a poll question ask that. Or, or maybe ask, too, if people have a playoff beer, Eddie. Maybe see what people think about that. That'd be fun. Uh, I think be a great discussion. I know fans will uh, debate on what, what beer is what. Um, yeah, like I, I usually, I was thinking to those playoff beers, Bud Light Lime is a go-to. Um I try to drink too heavy anymore. Uh, I try to watch my, my weight. And I, I drink fast for some reason, so I stick to light beer. But if Ducks are in the playoffs, I'm going to drink whatever uh, whatever's going to help them win. I'm one of those people that believe if I sit a certain way or wear a certain jersey or, or do something certain, the Ducks will win. So I'm one of those superstitious people. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good times, you know, when you have your little routine down. It's it's all good fun. So yeah, we'll 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 throw that out there to you guys. That'll be good because we didn't really do a poll question this this week. Usually we do. It just didn't really happen. We had plenty of stuff to talk about this week. So um, moving along and just finish up a couple little things here. Uh, the Buffalo Sabers are. We talked about jerseys earlier in the show. They are bringing back the goat head jersey. Uh, I am happy about that, Eddie. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I like that jersey for. Buffalo. Oh yeah, same here. And Adidas are doing a great job of uh, designing the jerseys. I, I love that. The only thing I'm not going to like is seeing that advertisement that a lot of teams want to do next season. That's going to suck. But it's cool to see that. Like I said, I, I want to see more alternative jerseys. I don't want it to go too ostentatious. But I, like I said, a home away. Uh, reverse retro, a third, and a, just a, 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 a retro, a, a straight retro jersey. Five options you can choose from. That's cool. It was cool to see the Ducks wear their um, – I wish I was at the game too. I almost went to that game on Wednesday. I, Mike, you texted me and asked me if I wanted the tickets, but I just I, – I could have had the team dinner and stuff like that. But I liked seeing the Ducks wear their aways at home sometimes. It's just a change of, a change of pace, and I like that, so – well, it's funny is some some people don't realize that's how it used to be. The home teams used to wear the white jerseys, and it was so like Mighty Duck days, right? Ducks had the the, the white and green or, or white eggplant, however you want to you know say, but they uh, they had the all majority white ones at home, and then the purple on the road. That's how it used to be, and then I can't remember which season it was they they changed it um, and and whatnot. So. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, it's cool. I, I I would think that they should go back to that, but um, they changed it up. And I guess in those games with Colorado, they had Colorado. What I found out is that the Kings wore their white jerseys that game you went to. So Colorado had their their predominantly red jerseys. And then they did the same against the Ducks because it's just easier to travel with one set of gear instead of, you know, piling in, you know, because it's not just the jersey. You've got everything else that you've got to have that matches, too. So they had to change up some other stuff, too. But I guess that's what they did um, in those games. That's why some people were asking, well, why are the Ducks wearing the white ones? You know, and it's because the Kings were wearing the white ones the next night and they just wanted to keep it easier, not pack as much stuff. So that's kind of what happened. But, you know, anytime with jersey talk, Eddie and I always are, are, are... you know, game um, to talk about that. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see Buffalo 
bring that one back. And we've talked at nauseum about the duck ones, so I don't know if they'll change anything. It seems like they drop hints about the Mighty Ducks one uh, being more prominent, but um, I'm with you too on the uh, you know the uh, the reverse retro. I, I wish that they would have those more this season. Um, you know, because last year is just with all the craziness going on. I think the Ducks were there's like once or twice or whatever. So I like those kind of matchups too, and they have games and. Um, you know, they bring out whatever jerseys that they're going to do. If it's, it's, if it's the third jersey or, you know, reverse retro night and both teams are wearing the retro ones, I think that's always a good idea. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, wanted, I, I, for, I forgot to mention this, too. When I went to that Kings and Asking, I actually saw Will Farrow at the game. That was kind of interesting. I didn't get to say hi to him or take a picture or anything. I just saw him like, close. It, it was just funny to see. I wanted to kick him in the balls and say, hey, what's up? I'm just playing. No, but yeah. No, but the whole, uh, the whole jersey thing is, uh, yeah, I am i don't want it to go too crazy like the NBA does where they're wearing like different jerseys every single day. But I want some more like, variety of it for the fans, and especially the reverse retros. There's a lot of jerseys that are awesome. Like I said, you have uh, Colorado Avalanche are my favorite reverse retro jerseys, those old school Nordique mesh-ups they have. I want to say Calgary Flames would be my third favorite one, and then the Ducks would be my or my second favorite one, and then Ducks would be my third. But I, I want to see them more, and I, I don't know why the league is so spent on not giving more options for jerseys. I think it, it it grow the game. You make more money on sales. You'd sell more jerseys. Like new fans that come in, they see the jerseys on the ice. They're gonna buy them. It's just I think it's it's great for everybody. And I wish the the league would do more. To, to kind of do that. Like I said, not do too crazy. And I think what I said before isn't too bad. A home away, a third, your reverse retro, and a, a straight-out retro jersey. That's five different jerseys you can wear throughout the season. I think that's that, that's doable. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. Even, even if they did four, I mean, I, I think that they could do it. And then you just have certain games, like you said, where you have whatever it is, like like you know, when the Ducks play uh, the day after Thanksgiving, maybe that you make that reverse uh, retro game. Like there's always that one, or the games on New Year's or something like that. You know, things like that that they can work out. So, yeah, Jersey talk, we love it. So uh, the last thing, I guess, just kind of wrap up some stuff that's come up recently. Unfortunately, in the AHL and the ECHL. Um, not going to really go into the specifics of this because I, I don't like repeating um, racist type behavior. Uh, I have zero tolerance for that. But um, unfortunately, there's been a couple incidents that have come up in the minor leagues. Uh, and it's just bringing it up because, uh, you know, it just really pisses me off. It's, it's 2022. Um, you know, some of this crap still goes on. And... Um, you can look it up. There's there's some stuff. Uh, one that just happened today um, that you can look up, and it's it's out there on social media. You can't miss it. But um, all I just want to say is that knock the shit off. Like there's no place for this stuff, and no, there's no place for it in hockey and, and any other sport period or anywhere in this world ever. Like I, I don't know. I just I take this stuff uh, seriously because. Um, it just infuriates me. Um, you know, I have my birthday on MLK Day, and um, you know, we we got to follow what that man created, and what a lot of other people have done to to make this world, you know, more equal. And um, 
I don't know. That, that's it. I, I don't really want to go on about it, Eddie. It's just kind of frustrating to see that stuff. It, it just kind of disgusts me that it's it's still here today, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it sucks. It, it's, it's one of those things. I'm glad you brought it up in this discussion. I know it's not a topic that that we, we, we want to be talking about, but it's, it's hockey-related, and I think it's important for us to discuss it. Um, I'm Hispanic. I grew up uh, I grew up hearing racist crap all the time playing hockey. I've heard uh, numerous racist terms thrown at me when I played. Um, I've been in different uh, different situations where I've been discriminated against, but I didn't let it like define me or hold me as a person. I still maintained my integrity and, and held my head up. And I know like I'm I'm not a piece of crap guy, and I do the right thing and, and live my life in an integrity kind of way. But it's like like you said, it's 2022, and stuff like that doesn't belong in this situation. If you have a problem because someone's skin color, then I think the biggest problem is is the person in the mirror that you're looking at. It's just, I think the biggest advice I can say is my, my mom always told me if I ever, uh, she told me I can be racist and discriminate against people once I go to the bathroom and my shit doesn't stink. So I think that's the best advice and. I'm no better than anyone. I don't care. Uh, you see some bum on the street, some crackhead or whatever. I'm no better than anyone. I'm just myself. And I, I live my life at the best judgment as I can and do the right thing. And like I said, integrity. Do the right thing when no one else is watching. Um, that kind of behavior, especially in National Hockey League and hockey in general, doesn't belong. And it's disgusting. And I mean, if you feel that way, that that's your own prerogative. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. But, I mean, maybe you should consider joining another sport because I'm, I'm tired of seeing this kind of shit happen with hockey and it shouldn't be in this way like hockey literally is for everyone like anyone that can play the game can play and if you can't play the game and you want to play and you love it you, you you're still part of the game we're one big family that are kind of elite I go to a bar and I see one guy watching hockey one girl watching hockey I gravitate toward them and I want to talk to them because I wanted to just be in their circle, and I want to make friends with them because there's not a lot of hockey fans out there. So I don't know what else to say. If you want to be racist, keep doing what you need to do. Um, and hopefully, you can change your 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 tone because I mean, I have a lot of friends of, of all different races and colors, religions, and 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 they uh, they have a special place in my heart, especially being in the in the military and the army. I met a lot of those people of of different like, totally 180 from what i believe and what i am and and i wouldn't be what i am right now or i wouldn't have even survived the military without them so i just everyone has something to offer everyone and just if you're going to judge someone because they're they don't look like you or they have the wrong skin color then i that's a personal problem and i really hope moving forward that that can change and that can just start weeding out in the National Hockey League and hockey in general, not just National Hockey League, all forms of hockey. I don't care what you play. So, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing that one of, one of the guys hit me up uh, about was just uh, the positive outlook um, that we have on different situations and things that we'll post online and things like that. And it kind of goes along with this too. I mean, um, what you put out is what you're going to get back, right? So uh, if you're putting out negative energy, then you're going to expect negative energy to come back to you. That's why I'm, I'm not a big fan of doing not even just this, but just the other stuff in general, just being negative towards other people, uh, even on social media, because I mean, you, you can see that big time um, with different things that happen and stuff like that. I just I don't have time for that. Um, and that's why when anybody does that stuff towards us, which it, it does happen here and there, I just don't 
really care. I just ignore it and I go on. I keep being myself and put out my positive um, energy. You know, I mean, obviously, I don't have uh, you know good days every day. I mean, that's life. We, you know, we all go through stuff. But um, just just think about that. Whatever you put out there is what's going to come back towards you. You know, it's called karma, right? So. If you want to go out there and talk trash on people and hate on people um, and even get to this level, then, then you know, I, I got nothing for you because it's going to come back to you. I'm not going to be the one to do it, you know, unless it's something, you know, you're attacking me or something. I defend myself, something like that. But as far as talking and all this stuff, um, you know, choose your words wisely because there, there may be a day that it, it boomerangs back on you. Um, so, yeah, I just I hope that the. You know, the leagues take care of both these situations and uh, it just gets better from there. So, yeah, so a lot going on in the last uh, week and a half or so with hockey. Um, you know, the Ducks, like we talked about, All-Star, uh, we got three players going in there and a lot of stuff coming with the trade deadline, Lumen, the GM. So exciting times with the Ducks, uh, nervous times. And, um, you know, we'll be back probably in a week or so, maybe after this road trip, we'll, we'll do a show probably when they have that break, uh, unless something crazy comes out. Um, real quick, just don't forget, uh, we have zstacklife.com for um, your multivitamin. You can go on there, type in my name, Mike, you get a discount on there. Um, Eddie already mentioned Bucked Up earlier, um, Ducks and Pucks 93, you get a discount. And then also Body Check Wellness uh, for that one, um, it's capital O-C-S. Um, that's with our new network that we're with the old city sports network, um, for all your needs there, they've got a lot of good health products too, as well. So check all those out and thanks for following and, um, all your input and everything and let's go ducks.